you got into business to pursue your passion, not to worry about insurance. But the reality is every business faces risks and you need to make sure that your business is protected. Insurance doesn't have to be complicated and learning some basic risk mitigation principles like how to develop a business continuity plan can go a long way. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Free Shipping Tuesdays are back with Canada Post. Every solutions for small business member can send one parcel free every Tuesday in October. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash free Tuesdays to learn how you can ship for free this October. So you want to grow your business. Now what? MailChimp's all-in-one marketing platform. That's what. It has all the marketing tools you need in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data and make smarter marketing choices. MailChimp. That's what. Learn more at MailChimp.com. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risk so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. A real entrepreneur helping others succeed this is your host, Rivers Corbett, on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes google play music and wherever else you listen to podcasts you know one of the great things i love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them and that's why i started go forth garage go forth garage is all about providing you with the resources the coaching the mentorship the programs to help you in your business just check us out at GoForthGarage.com. That's GoForthGarage.com. This is Peter Oxley, president of TSG Medical, founder of Liftoff Capital, and inventor of the ND3 medical device. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, I'm really excited to uh, for this podcast show for all kinds of reasons. One of them is I haven't got a freaking script in front of me, but I don't need one for this guy because this guy, Peter Oxley, who is the president of TSG Medical, founder of Liftoff Capital and inventor of the ND3 medical device, is going to share with us his journey. We're not going to do an intro. We're not going to do a bio. We're going to actually take this and run with it. And we're going to assume that it's all truth as we head into the startup canada podcast welcome everybody from coast to coast to coast and mr peter oxley my friend and colleague it's so great to have you on the show and honor sir 
Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Rivers. I should say, too, I should say co-founder of Liftoff Capital because we've got uh, a great team. And I'll tell you about the, uh, the co-founder, uh, Dr. Jake Swan, who's a good buddy and a friend of yours. And then also a co-inventor of the ND3 medical devices. As, as you know, having been through this, we very few things we do are on our own yeah there's always a well i'm going to talk us, about right? that as part of our journey with you and uh, the entrepreneur community and so on so so peter you know you and i first met you were you were a pharmaceutical rep i had just started my catering business uh, rent a chef at that point in time you were playing in uh, in the world of working with doctors directly uh through your uh, the, the the pharmaceutical company that you represented at the time and you've evolved into that so uh, you know take us from take us from that point where where you said, you know what, I'm done being looking, I'm, I'm done kind of hanging and looking after somebody else. I want to start looking after Peter and his family, myself, and take responsibility. I want to be an entrepreneur. Can you take us on that point in your career? Yeah, yeah, that that was an auspicious turn in my life. I'll tell you, actually, just to back that up a little bit, I when I finished a very lackluster uh, degree at uh, University of Western Ontario, I came back to Atlantic Canada, and I was kind of always looking for um, some kind of an entrepreneurial niche. And one of the things that I got into early is I was reading about how aquaculture was going to save the world and we we're going to feed everybody with farm fish. So um, I did a, a course in New Brunswick um, to learn about aquaculture and then started working in the industry. Um, and what happened from that is I, I got involved in a whole bunch of wild projects. Uh, one I worked in Barbados, which was really horrible, uh, building a hatchery and, and working with a fellow from New York. And we were going to uh, perfect the farming of mahi-mahi or dolphin fish or they go by various names. Anyway, we worked on that. We built this great little hatchery in a spot, I think, that is now a multi-million dollar marina on the west coast of Barbados. And uh, that uh, project kind of ran out of money. So um, I, uh, I left. And uh, went back to Atlantic Canada, did a, a number of other projects there, one of which was sturgeon, and uh, which was super interesting. And I have this bizarre lifelong love of sturgeon now. And, and Oh, come on. Super interesting? Super interesting. Because sturgeon have been around since the dinosaur. Uh, the dinosaurs are around. The, you know, the comment that took the dinosaurs, the, the sturgeon just laughed at it. And they just continued. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, That's sturgeon, yes. Yeah. So are your children's name sturgeon? I'm sorry. You call your, yeah, I've met your son already. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Have your children named Sturgeon because of the strength behind them? Yeah. No, well, but they are really cool. I mean, they're just so resilient. Yes. And, you know, they've lasted so long. And we actually have two um, very interesting species that live in the St. John River right out in front of your place. Um, yeah. The Atlantic sturgeon that can grow to like 14 feet long. And I've seen 12-foot-long sturgeon. And we've wow. caught them. And, and then there's another one called the... Uh, uh, short-nosed sturgeon, which is the one we were working with to try to develop uh, caviar aquaculture. So basically you raise the fish. Um, you could actually harvest the caviar in a non-lethal way, basically anesthetize the fish, cut them open, take the, the eggs out, suture them back up. And these things were so rugged, you could just, you know, they'd sort of laugh at that and then uh, go back to doing what they do. So yeah, so we, we were farming sturgeon. We were trying to figure it out. This is all uncharted uh, territory because there was really no research on it. So we're just trying to figure it out. Anyway, 
as with a lot of these sort of startup projects, especially when you bring animals into them, because they have a different agenda than we do. I mean, if you're building, you know, writing code, you can kind of control a lot of variables. But when you bring animals into a startup, um, it, there's a whole other piece that you just can't even manage. Uh, animals die without you knowing why. They do things. They escape. They, you know, always. Anyway, so as a twist of fate, I had a friend who was a um, – was a headhunter and she said, Hey Pete, I know you have an interest in science. There's this company that has this drug coming out and they're looking for sales reps. So I thought, well, it'd be really cool to get a paycheck and to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of have some kind of a career. She said, well, it's this new compound called Viagra. And then that's when you and I uh, met right, right on dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I started working for <laughs> Pfizer as a sales rep yeah. and enjoyed it but didn't love it because I was really bent on being an entrepreneur. So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to become an entrepreneur uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, but it's it, I couldn't find a niche. It was just too big, too much money. There was really no way to do it kind of on your own. So uh, from that, I kind of evolved into medical device because there were a lot of smaller medical device companies either just selling or or developing that um, weren't like these huge pharmaceutical behemoths. So there was, you could find a niche. So um, for, I worked actually for a company uh, as a direct employee. And after about six years, I left and started my own sales agency in Atlantic Canada. Um, so I was selling every kind of most classes of medical devices, surgical uh, equipment from uh, neurosurgery to urology to everything in between. So um, it was a really great uh, uh, education and it was a really nice business to build because uh, one of the nice things about being in that business, your customers are the provincial governments and provincial governments pay their bills. So you're, not, you're never really having to chase money. Um, you're just really chasing customers and trying to get them converted to your product. Is it fair to say that you got a real passion though for, for this world? I mean, it's, there's a, there's a common uh, thread of technology from a healthcare perspective that, that's, that, that you're tied into is what, where does, where does that come you know, from? I don't really uh, know, but it's, that's DNA. a really good observation. I, I love the medical device side of the business because, um, I believe that, you know, human beings are, our bodies are pretty amazing. And if you, we take care of them, we can really fix a lot of the things that are wrong with us. Uh, and I, I just see the medical devices as the tools that sometimes may be needed to just make little tweaks. So like any surgical interventions or anything like that. So I really like that. I really also enjoy the teaching part of it where um, I'll spend time with physicians or, or some of the support staff and show um show them how to use the equipment and, you know, sort of some of the latest techniques and things like that. So it's really fun because you become part of the team and uh, the customers really appreciate it. Um, it becomes very consultative. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So since then um, I now have a, a company called TSG medical. That is a national TSG medical is a, a national distributor of uh, six six products six uh, for six different uh, U.S. based companies in Canada, primarily in nerve reconstruction and um, reconstructive plastic surgery. So, um, one of the most common things that we sell equipment for is for doing breast reconstruction post cancer. So, it's it's I feel a, 
kind of a very honorable uh, part of the industry because, you know, you're really giving people their lives back after they've been through the hell of cancer. And, you know, we're just a small part of it with some kind of innovative little tools that we sell that help the physicians do some really good work. So it's, you know, you, you go to, I feel, I feel very uh, proud of that. So Let, I want to stop you if I could for a second, because you've, you've touched on an interesting part of, uh, of your entrepreneurial journey that a lot of us don't talk about uh, as entrepreneurs. And we really haven't talked a lot about it on the, on the podcast show amongst the hundreds of people that I've interviewed. And, and you've created a business by aligning yourself with other people's products, uh, backslash expertise and then representing them into the uh, into the market is is that fair to say absolutely and i yeah. think probably rivers for you and i i mean being guys from atlantic canada that sort of sales agency model is one that has existed for a long time because we're you know geographically quite large but i always say you know new brunswick has the same population as mississauga mm-hmm. yeah you know so yeah. that was a natural progression because i think a lot of companies would um, what would say that it would be nice to have, let's say when we started our first company, nice to have a sales rep in Atlantic Canada, but it's sort of a nice to have, not a need to have. Uh-huh. So I guess I satisfied that when I had my sales agency for companies because I was on the ground, knew the players, um, and it worked out well. So our, our uh, model now with TSG Medical is, is similar for Canada. As a uh, national distributor, we represent as I say, companies that are in that niche space that we're in that, uh, you know, can't really compete or have a direct sales force that, let's say, you know, the Johnson and Johnson's or the Boston Scientific's right. of the world have. Right. So, yeah, it's but but it's a it's it's what's unique about it from the, again the conversation again we deal a lot with I mean I know you're the inventor of the ND three medical device we're going to talk about that in a bit but you know again entrepreneurs typically think they have to invent so I, I and I'm and I and I really admire you for what you've cr- you've created a, an innovative system of representing medical devices specifically as they relate to the reconstruction world um, uh, what. If if someone's well, someone's listening now. I hopefully they're listening now. <laughs> uh, there's people that are leaning in and saying, you know what? I've always wanted to build my own sales agency as an entrepreneur. And what are the top two pieces of advice you can give to somebody who's leaning in right now and say, I want to. I, I'm really interested in that business model. What are the top two things you say that they need to have put in place in order to be successful? I would say start with, it's got to be something that you really like slash love. So you have to find, it doesn't matter what it is. If you love selling, um, I don't know, name, you know, uh, computer mouses, if that's your thing and and you want to do it, go deep. The other thing is um, you have to make a lot of, lot of cold calls. Um, I still spend a lot of uh, Friday afternoons kind of looking at uh, what other distributors in other countries that are doing some of the products that I I represent, our company represents. I'll reach out to some of the other companies that they uh, also represent or I'll look into the specialties we're in. I'm, I'm actually in Cal- Calgary right now at a meeting uh, for maxofacial surgeons and, and there are other companies here. And uh, part of my uh, role here will be not only selling the products that we represent, but also looking at some of the other companies that may be up from the U.S. and say, hey, guys, I know you don't have any uh, representation in Canada. We would really be interested in doing a, um, 
a deal with you to do uh, exclusive distribution in Canada. So you notice, like Rivers, you always have to be lifting the mat and, and looking under there and, and trying to find uh, opportunities, right? And But really, I think the biggest thing is I'm not afraid to call people up or just reach out to them. And for, you know, the 99 no's, you might get a, you might get a yes and then um, run with that, right? So. And you understand your lane. You you say, this is the lane I'm going to play in, I'm going to be known for, so that when you ultimately start to make those, you build your business, but then you start to make those conversations happen by the quote-unquote calling them, the, the call is going to be taken because you're known in that lane of being a, a quote-unquote expert in that in that area. Is, is that fair to say? That is, and that's actually a really good point. And I struggled with that in the beginning because you know what it's like too when you're an entrepreneur and you see an opportunity – uh, sometimes you'll jump at anything. Uh, you saw, yeah, you know, yeah. What's the expression? You're humping in the leg, right? Um, <laughs> you know, you know. I don't know about the expression, but I have had a dog hump my leg before. So I, they're not, they're not judgmental on it. I'll take any leg. So sometimes <laughs> you, you have to resist that temptation to be all things to everyone. And, and actually I, I did some, uh, or met a, a, a guy who has a, company similar to mine uh, based in Toronto that does works only in urology and that's one of the things he said to me he said Pete he said I went through this when I started too he said don't don't be tempted by all those other things he said stay in your space and in your niche because it just it'll be much more effective and much more focused so yeah, I, I, you know, and I still shake my head at people know that, but they just get caught up with the shiny star, you know, and, and the shiny light. So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to reinforce that. So in your journey, does the ND3 medical device come next or does Liftoff Capital come next? So we've got Liftoff. And, well, actually, all three are sort of uh, um have coincided so i would say okay but, but before you get going because uh, i know we're gonna we're getting into some some story of the of the of the businesses but i want to talk about jake now so because jake has become an integral part and this is a message about partnerships this is a lesson about making sure that there's a gel happening there so when you're talking about uh nd3 and uh, liftoff can you also weave into the conversation about you know your discovery with jake and how you to really connect it to go on this journey together if you don't mind yeah so so that's kind of interesting that's actually very interesting as well so jake is a uh an interventional radiologist so he's the guy that uh goes in and puts stents in people's legs and does a lot of stroke treatment saving lives super smart guy super humble mm. guy yeah very um, humble very humble yeah um hardworking guy. Anyway, he, he, uh, Jake and I had always sort of known each other. In fact, his mother was my grade six teacher. So he's yeah, a little, bit, a little younger than I am. Um, but I was in the hospital one day actually selling devices and Jake was, was, uh, we were speaking about one of the devices that I had. And then we just started talking about inventions. So Jake is a, is a, um, I say he's a he's a physician who is trying to get out of that line of work to become a full-time entrepreneur. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. <laughs> so Jake had a couple ideas, and we started sort of um, looking at these ideas. And um, eventually, we, we had formed a little company and had a provisional patent uh, drawn up for um, some technology surrounding MRIs. And what the problems with MRIs are is that if you move while you're in the gantry um, – you, the the image that's sent back gets blurred and it's kind of useless. And when guys like Jake have to actually read 
those MRIs and figure out what's wrong with you, they go, well, we lost that data there because the patient coughed or moved or was scared or whatever. So we had come up with this really simple idea to use motion capture technology to sort of shoot a camera down at the person laying down on the MRI and the camera would tell the uh, computer system in the MRI that when you're laying there, you're in zero position and gather the data. As soon as you move your head, let's say, then it would dump the data and then seamlessly bring the data back in once you put your head back into the right place. So it's basically dumping all the movements. We thought it was a fantastic idea and we could not believe that nobody had thought of this. And we started developing it. We did have a provisional patent and we started sort of shopping the technology around only to find out that actually a group at Stanford, big shock, was doing exactly what we were doing, but they had never, <laughs> they had never done any, any, you know, any, there were no provisional patents out on what stuff they had done. And then when we finally saw what they were doing, they were so far ahead of us. We were like, okay, uh, let's uh, think about something else. <laughs> so we would go back and forth. I have, I have uh, notebooks of drawings and stuff where I'd be in a meeting somewhere and Jake would be saving a life somewhere and we'd be texting pictures back and forth. Okay, we could try this, we could try this. And then neat. two days later, there'd be a, a clinical paper that he'd find or I'd find and we'd send it and go, oh shit, it was done in like 2001. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the sense of <laughs> you get, yeah, so 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 the entrepreneur style. Let's just go ahead and do it, yeah. and uh, and then then when you do your validation, your research, oh, it is already done. But so, okay, so here's a question for you: yes. Why why can why isn't there space if someone's already done it for more than one player? What, what stopped you guys from taking that information, that discovery, and saying, well, fine, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I think with with medical device, and we're finding that out. When we'll talk about the ND three product project as well after. But with medical device, one of the um, the biggest um, barriers to entry would be just the amount that it costs to uh, to do proper patent work, to do proper uh, prototype development, to do proper um, early stage trials, stuff like that. It's just it's very capital intensive. So. Uh, you know, Jake and I figured we sort of, I guess, started looking at it like, well, maybe we can come up with an idea, get a provisional patent and see if we can find a partner to develop it and just license the, the provisional patent off. So that's sort of a, an age old uh, technique that I don't know if it works that often, but, you know, we were hoping it would. Um, anyway, we looked at a bunch of different things and just never could find the right thing to, to run with. Mm. Crazy. All right. Well, so let's uh, let's continue on with. Uh, I, I want to talk about ND3 Medical, and then we're gonna we're gonna um, do the last leg of this journey on on Liftoff Capital because I think that's got a really a broad appeal to one. Sure. Under, you've understood an an, an an opportunity in the market that is very much underserved, and how you and Jake are ultimately uh, trying to, uh, and I think very successfully, uh, create a, a movement on, on dealing with that. So the ND3 Medical advice you're an inventor of the nd3 medical sorry sorry co-inventor jake we got you dude we got you (laughs) so So tell us about that journey yeah and i'll have to be very sort of uh tight-lipped on that one because we're still in um you know uh in development and with ip and everything and um i can just sort of give you a broad overview so this is a group uh that i was asked to join because of my uh sales experience in medical device and sort of 
you know, it's like rivers when you when you learn the jargon of an industry, it, it's very helpful just to go and speak to people and understand, you know, what those words mean uh, when you're talking to them. So I was um, brought into this group of of um, entrepreneurs slash inventors to sort of act as maybe the sales arm and um, the guy who could speak and understand how um, medical device companies operate and sort of what their just how they bring things to market and that kind of stuff. So um, basically it's a medical device that a group of us have invented. It We've done some early human work, which is pretty cool. Uh, and we're looking right now at developing um, a few we've, uh, a few trials uh, to move forward, but that's pretty much all I can say about it. But it's it's looking very promising. It's, it's a little different role for me because I'm a lot more hands-off on the, the you know, sort of, day-to-day um, work. There's a there's a lot of experts that are in that are doing a lot of the stuff that as an entrepreneur, you often have to do on your own. Um, so it's, it's pretty fun to see and it's uh, to see it develop. Um, and we've got a lot of expertise from other industries, which is really cool because I always use the example of like uh, the Dyson vacuum cleaner where uh, Sir, I forget his first name, Dyson, was not a vacuum cleaner inventor. He was an industrial designer and he just thought, hey, better way to do this and we have some uh, folks from industry involved in what we're doing and they come at it with a really cool perspective because they're not sort of bogged down by having um uh you know just sort of the medical device you know this is the only way you can do it medical device and they're like well why wouldn't you do it this way because we do this we do it this way in our industry and you go oh yeah probably because nobody ever thought of that so so it's been it's been really fun um and it's um, it's kind of nice to spread the load because there's a lot of players in this one, and it's it, it takes away the 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 day to day eat what you kill sort of thing that we go through with our businesses, right? So, so Peter, you've done a great job of hyping up nothing. Thank you. <laughs> you is- know, I I love you like a brother. You know, I do. <laughs> but well, what I things are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. We well, I think part of the lesson yeah. is is that is that you continue again to play in your lane. You continue to look for opportunities in that space. You continue to align yourself with players that can help you in developing those opportunities. And you're excited about the next stage of that medical device world that you continue to uh, to hang in, make money on, and are innovative in that process. So you know things continue to get deeper. And deeper and deeper, and that's uh, in this rabbit hole that you've decided to hang out in. I think that's that's I think what the lesson is from what it, you keep focused on what it is that you love and are good at. Well, it's interesting. I appreciate that. And and um, one of the things I, I had said to the guys early on that when we talked about this project, they said, "So, what's your expectation?" I said, "Worst case scenario, I learn a ton of stuff. Best case scenario, we make some money." So I, did, I couldn't see any downside. And also the guys that I'm and girl that were working on this project with, they're awesome people and I love hanging out with them. So I couldn't see any downside except maybe, you know, a little extra travel. But that's the that's what we got to do right in Canada. 
It's a big country. Well, yeah, and I, um, you know, I got to say, I, I, if, if I, I've, I love what it is that I do, which is serving entrepreneurs and helping them find their niche and then helping them build their their focus on that niche. And 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 yeah, it's if it's passion, you'll uh, you'll just go on the journey and you're okay seeing where it's going to be. Those are the best trips when you don't really know what's going to happen all the time. So. You and Jake uh, have identified another another pain point for entrepreneurs in the marketplace, specifically related to funding of ventures that I don't think anybody else in this country is addressing in the way that you guys are. Uh, from my from my connections, can you can you talk about one? What's the pain point? that you saw entrepreneurs were experiencing and then two, uh, how you guys are so uniquely and innovatively, um, uh, addressing that, 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 that pain point. Sure. So this is now we're talking about the liftoff capital yes, project. Exactly. Um, yep. So, so one of the things after Jake and I were sort of frustrated, uh, with our medical device, um, uh, development ideas that we had gone through. Um, we we were working very closely with Jake's uh, father, John Swan, who sadly mm. passed away last yes. year. Yes, yes. Was an engineer by training. Uh, was a serial entrepreneur. And what one of the things that John had done is he would be running around uh, trying to introduce companies from Atlantic Canada to venture capitalists in California. Um, and as you know, Rivers, I mean that can be a huge time vampire. You know, flying to to uh, to San Francisco and then jumping in a car and going to uh, Sand Hill Lane and trying to uh, do some meetings with with some venture capitalists. It's it's very tough in the fall. It's fun when you do it. I did it once with a uh, a gentleman who had a very successful startup out of New Brunswick uh, that ended up being sold for a lot of money. And I went down with them once again just to see how the process works of pitching VCs and and you know it's it's pretty exciting and 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 um, but the follow up and the just being around people all the time that you need to be to even in these tech situations um, you still have to shake people's hands and you still have to 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 feel each other out and see if you want to work together um, and that's tough to do especially if you live in Atlantic Canada I mean you and I both know that that you to do anything you you got to go to the airport it seems and then you're flying somewhere right um, so. So John and Jake had come up with this idea of liftoff capital uh, originally, where what liftoff capital is, is what we call it is, a, is an amalgamation of Facebook, LinkedIn, and a dating website. And you sign up for, for liftoff capital as an entrepreneur and set up a profile with the hopes of um, appealing to uh, potential investors in the space that you have signed up in. And we've set it up so it's not just for tech, it's for all um, areas of business because let's face it, tech is not the only spot where entrepreneurs exist. In fact, I was thinking about it today, you know, you think about probably the most entrepreneurs in this country are people that own uh, small uh, to large size like barber shops or, or um, you know, hairdressers that these are the true on-the-ground entrepreneurs, so we can't discount that because they were doing it long before it became trendy. 
Yeah, um, well, so we, the actually the the stats show in the in the world that I play, and there's only about fifteen to maybe eighteen percent of total businesses, startup businesses, are in the tech world, and yet they you know they tend to get all the love and attention uh, in representing startups. When reality, as you said, it it's a village that makes that happen, not just tech. Although we may have tech included in our businesses, uh, that's it's they're not tech companies. They are the other side of the equation too. So thanks for reinforcing that. Yeah. So what we've done is we've, you can sign up, let's say we'll, we'll, uh, as an example, you're, you're starting your new uh, company, you're signing up to lift off capital and you're in the agricultural space. You would set up a profile and what we really incentivize entrepreneurs to do is to really make your site, your, your landing page look as good as possible. Post your updates on what's going on. Um, take advantage of any lift off capital deals. We've got um, we've got ways for, for um, services uh, around the spaces that you're in to advertise and give discounts on um, anything from training to, uh, to, to legal um, representation to, to um, you know, any of the services you'd need as, a, as an entrepreneur. So we're building a community of entrepreneurs who are trying to promote their businesses through the site to the, to, to the, to the world, to other entrepreneurs, and also to look for investment. Now, we have attracted a number of investors who sign up anonymously. And we've kept it that way on purpose because we really need the entrepreneurs to put their best foot forward to impress the potential investors who are looking at what they're doing anonymously. When the entrepreneur, or the investor rather, feels that the entrepreneur is far enough along in their journey that they should reach out and uh, make contact and see if they can take a meeting, then we leave that up to the entrepreneur and the investor to, to do that meeting. We just facilitate the meeting. So that's kind of like where we're the dating website. And then after that, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. You get, well, you that's get fine. Yeah. Which I think is it, 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 it's a more sort of pure way to do it because we don't charge. Uh, let's say you were to take, uh, you know, an investment of a million dollars. We wouldn't charge um, a commission on that. All we do is we say, like, look, Rivers, when your company is is becoming even more and more successful, I want you to to promote us more and say, like, this happened because of our uh, relationship uh, on Liftoff Capital and as a Liftoff Capital partner. Um, so we're really just the place, the social media for uh, entrepreneurs and investors to meet and then go and hammer out a deal somewhere or just for entrepreneurs to promote what they're doing to other entrepreneurs or to the public. So it's really very entrepreneurial focused. And uh, one of the things we're, we're becoming more and more aware of too in this day and age is that uh, how much data is being sold on um, social media sites. Uh, we do not sell data. We will never sell data. Um, that's just something as Jake and I and his dad, John, uh, prior to him passing away, I mean, we're all entrepreneurs and we want, we, we, we really believe strongly in being an entrepreneur. We don't think that being an entrepreneur should be something that people do because they lost their job or they, this is something, this right, is a right, pathway right. in life to choose uh, to do uh, your thing, you know, so we want to do it, make it as clean as possible and make it as, as advantageous to entrepreneurs and investors as possible without, without modern, modern, uh, middling, muddling in the water, or whatever the expression is. So. Well, I, I, and, and so 
um, and the other thing that comes out of this is that in my experience with liftoff capital, there, you, you know, you're not saying, oh, you've got to be raising a minimum of two hundred thousand dollars in order to play in liftoff capital. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, you you could go in there saying you're not going to raise any money. Um, you've, you're doing fine, but you just want to promote your business more. Right. Um, you can you can buy advertisements in in the environment to uh, potentially sell to other liftoff capital um, partners. Um, you we also have a news feed. Uh, we're we're coming up with more and more um, interesting um, uh, sort of entrepreneurial um, focused news. And then also we're going to be launching soon a video sort of a video chat section as well, so we can have entrepreneurs talk about their business. Um, you know, in a little 30 second blurb of what they do and, and to, to, again, to promote their business and to potentially promote uh, or to potentially get some uh, some investment through through their efforts on liftoff capital. So, uh, Peter, there's, uh, you know, the audience with Startup Canada is in the hundreds of thousands. Um, so obviously this is of great value to them and we're all about promoting business and, and people that support Startup Canada. How do uh, how, how can our audience, uh, our listeners, get uh, get connected to you guys on lift, in Liftoff Capital? Okay, so super simple. Just go to liftoffcapital.com and you'll uh, land on our, our uh, sign-up page and you can sign up either by email or the usual ways through Facebook or um, LinkedIn um, and then start it up that way, set up your, your profile. And then just um, one of the things we always recommend to entrepreneurs, and I mean, it's, it's kind of a no brainer, but this is a way to promote yourself. So nobody's going to come along and say, Hey guys, I saw your one post and I think that maybe you got something there. So it's like anything. I mean, you have to be promoting all the time. You still have to be reaching out to people, but we'll do everything we can from our perspective to the right people. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, we'll all be successful with this. So, and is it fair to say also that, uh, and it just kind of goes in line with what you were talking about to get started about, you know, it's not just about tech, that you're getting right now and you've got hundreds of uh, people that are already businesses, entrepreneurs that have signed up for Liftoff Capital. Is it fair to say it really is a, a diversified group of entrepreneurs that you're attracting to uh, to the platform? Absolutely. So that's a, that's a great point. As I said earlier, too, it's not everyone just thinks tech, but there's so many great businesses out there that uh, that just need a focused area to to promote and to look for like minded uh, entrepreneurs in their space or or to look for investment. So, yeah, I mean, we've got um, we've got one of our our favorite uh, um, guys on the site is uh um, a young gentleman who has a, a company called Jay's Flies, and he he ties flies. He's a high school student. Oh yeah, I know him. Huge, yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. kid. Great kid. Yeah. He's a real proponent of liftoff capital. And he's raised a little bit of money um, through liftoff capital to buy. Um, I think he was tying flies, and now he's making rods, um, fishing you know, rods. Really cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, and he raised some money through through the site. Um, so you know, we go from that to some some pretty big. Um, uh, companies that have sort of, you know, several uh, tens of millions of dollars of valuation. So, you know, we go the full gamut of companies right now. Um, and one of the things we'd like to offer to the Startup Canada podcast listeners and um, the Liftoff, Can Liftoff Capital works by a subscription service, so a monthly fee. But to Startup Canada uh, listeners and uh, Startup Canada 
its members, we are offering free lifetime membership to Liftoff Capital because wow. as everybody knows, if you can, uh, you know, the more, uh, the more activity, the more eyeballs, the, this is the place where investors and other entrepreneurs are going to be looking either connections or opportunities or places to invest. Uh, we need, we need, uh, you know, the power of startup Canada to, to really make, to, to knock this out of the park in Canada. We do have uh, plans and partners in the U S now, uh, that we will be launching in the U S after we, f- we feel that we the Canada has been, uh, serviced adequately. So. Right on dude. Peter, yeah. you've, you've had a vast career to date. And by the way, um, uh, no, I, I actually was going to ask you one question. I'm going to actually ask you another question because this touches near and dear to your home. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet your son at a recent um, uh, event that was happening in St. John, New Brunswick, and I've forgotten his name. Um, uh, Greg. Oh. Gregor? Gregor, yep. Yeah, Gregor, cool guy. Dress really cool, man. That guy knows how to dress. <laughs> it, it really does. So, but I thought what was really cool is, you know, one, uh, that he was there, but two, he was engaged with what you're doing with your entrepreneurial career. What do you say to to parents of, of kids? And Gregor, I think it was in, was going grade eight, grade nine? Uh, grade eight, correct. Yeah. And um, what do you say to kids, uh, to parents with kids that are around, you know, that, that part of their life, that uh, that age group, of engaging. Once the once the how, how do you engage their kids into the journey of you being an entrepreneur in a way that that one is of interest, but two, you know, now they start to look at entrepreneurship as a potential career. Um, I just think exposure to things like that, and I, I mean, when when you met Gregor, that was really my my goal. Is I wanted to meet you know guys like you that are really examples of of entrepreneurs and 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 what happens out there and just to see you know that there are possibilities and to always be thinking because I think being an entrepreneur is really just sometimes just being an ideas person who can actually um, you know pull a trigger and and follow up and get it done you know Um, and there's no real education for that I think um, one of the things that's lost sometimes is that curiosity is is an incredible measure of intelligence because um, you know, if you're curious and you're just trying to find things out or you want to read things because you just want to know how things work, that's that's an incredible intelligence that kids seem to have um, in abundance that, that we probably lose as we get older. And, you know, so you got to strike, I think, when the iron's hot and um, just expose them to things and, and let them let them see that it, it, this is a, a viable path in life. Yes. Yeah, and and we and we and we uh, when I say we, being you and I, you know, let's 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 call a spade a spade. The educational system had really sucked at positioning entrepreneurship as a viable, let alone wonderful career choice. I remember when uh, when I took my test in high school. What should I be? What's my career choice? They put me Rivers Corbett in as you need to be. You you would be best served to be a funeral director. That's what it came out. Now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It just doesn't well, make sense. That's a fairly entrepreneurial position. Well, it is. It kind of is. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, back then, it's not. It wasn't positioned it was positioned as a job. It wasn't to be an entrepreneur. And that's kind of – but you're right. There is an entrepreneurial flair to it, that's for sure. And the Bernans have done a great job in St. John in, in doing that. 
So it's, it's funny. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that though, because I remember one time having a meeting with the teachers, and, and you know, God love them. It's that's not an easy job, especially when no, you're no. middle school kids. And I'm not, I'm not going to beat up on teachers because they they do yeah. a phenomenal uh, job, and it's a tough job, and I wouldn't want to do it. But no, no. Uh, I one of the teachers saying to me about two of my children, um, two of the three that wow, they're very high energy, and. <laughs> And I, and I said, I said to the teacher, I said, well, you know, I said, I'm an entrepreneur. And to me, that is uh, that's a huge compliment. Yes. Yes. It, it was. I don't think it was intended to be. A no, it's not. No, it's, of course it's, it's not. intended to be a bit of a character flaw. But I said, you know, as in uh, anything you ever read about being an entrepreneur, what do you need? Well, you need yeah. high energy. You have to be interested. You have to, you know, a number of these things. So yeah. I, I wonder, right, it's, it's <laughs> tough because, um, school system you know you can't manage that sometimes just because it you know you can't have a class of 30 kids that everybody's you know asking 35 questions a minute and running around and i've got this idea and blah 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 um but i think as parents we have to to uh to look at our kids and say hey guys look and do it do it sooner than later because um you know you think about all the energy you have when you're younger and the the i mean if you fail Whoopee! It's not like you have a mortgage or, or children to look after. Or anything like that. Try a bunch of things, and and you'll find that that works for you. Um, and you know, just just go for it. I mean, it's it's really there's no there's zero harm or shame in trying. And you know what? You'll probably surprise yourself and be successful at something. And go, wow, I, that's cool. Didn't see that coming. Well, you know, um, one of my dreams has always been to have children as they're being tucked into bed and the snow is falling outside and their parents are looking at them with great admirations and the kids look up and they said, Dad, Mom, can you tell me the story again about Peter, the entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah. dude you are amazing <laughs> i mean it it's been a real uh and i and i you know we have fun we we joke but we're also serious about our careers as entrepreneurs and we're lucky to have you as one we're lucky to have jake as one and uh, of course from the east coast too that's the other kind of pride that comes out of this but thank you man for being a part of this conversation uh, are you on linkedin can people get connected with you on linkedin if they want to hang out with you uh, probably best to get a hold uh, if you want to link in with us. Our LinkedIn is, uh, geez, Liftoff Capital um, okay. is probably the best way to get uh, in touch with the team. We sort of monitor it uh, cool. together. Cool. And then we've got the usual uh, stuff. Yeah. So, awesome, or dude. just, and again, uh, just put it out all of the members. Go on the website, www.liftoffcapital.com, uh, sign up, and um, let's all, as entrepreneurs in Canada, let's just knock it out of the park and, and yeah. build this community. Right that's on. really cohesive and, and you know we're working together so and now everybody can sleep tight the story Absolutely. has been told <laughs> thank you dude <laughs> we'll look forward to the next time okay, to connect in eyeball to eyeball say hi to Gregor for me will do thank you see you dude
thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 